Bachalam. So there are two forms of aging. The first is chronological. We get physiologically old. Our bodies do not function as well as before, and eventually we break down. As the psalmist wrote, the span of our lives is threescore year and ten, and those given special strength are given fourscore years. At daybreak, we are like grass that renews itself, but at dusk, we wither and dry up. While many people nowadays live longer than the biblically blessed 80 years, I don't know if you saw this, I read uh, that a former Disney animator who worked on Snow White and Pinocchio died this week at the age of 111. Still, whatever additional time science and medicine have granted us in the three millennia since the poet composed Psalm 90, there is no escaping human destiny. Our years are limited and marked by physiological decline. When I visited a retirement facility recently, the 98-year-old who greeted me in the hallway lamented, alas, my memory is not as sharp as it used to be. Also, my memory is not as sharp as it used to be. The second form of aging is aging out. While sometimes connected to physiological age and decline, this form of getting old is more about marginalization. No matter how relevant we once were, how trend-setting, how cutting-edge, eventually we are unable or un willing to embrace new fashions. As the TikTok generation insists, Facebook is for old people. Not every change constitutes progress. Some changes are stupid and destructive. Still, time marches on relentlessly and ineluctably and the older generations are increasingly removed from the new world. This process has been unfolding since time immemorial. The ancients, too, lamented their inability to keep up with the times. Even the greatest of them saw their influence wane, and it bothered them. 2,500 years ago, Socrates lamented Young people today are tyrants. They're bad-mannered, contradict their parents, and tyrannize their teachers. Socrates, 2,500 years ago. Inevitably, new fashions, new thinkers, new philosophies, new geniuses chart a different path. And even if some of these geniuses are really quite stupid, and even if brilliant new rationales are quite insane, still the world marches on. Each of us is the product of our times. Our children are the product of their times. They insist, as Giuseppe Tomasi wrote, if we want things to stay as they are, things will have to change. And we, who once insisted on the same thing, 
are now unwilling to join their herd, sometimes for good reasons, because sometimes what they believe is crazy. Sometimes what they mean by truth is simply change for change's sake. And what they mean by false is truth that has aged out, truth that has become boring to us, truth that is for old people, the white patriarchy. This form of aging, aging out, comes with isolation and marginalization. Those who are aging out are no longer consulted. They're not really listened to at all. Okay, Boomer. I love that put down. Whoever came up with that is a genius. Right? I mean, it, it's so polite, so eloquent, so seemingly respectful, and yet so cutting. The implication is, I'm not even listening to you. You're hopeless. To be listened to, to be relevant, to be useful, is to be vital. It's why perhaps the most difficult aspect of physiological aging is the isolation, the narrowing of our lives from the world is my oyster to simply existing in a small apartment, forgotten by everyone else. That's why I always advise younger rabbinical colleagues, don't fret so much if people disagree with you. So what? The stronger they disagree, the better. For rabbis, it's far better to be controversial than to be ignored. The worst thing is to be ignored. I'd much rather be disliked than discounted, for me at least. To be ignored is a form of early retirement. In fact, for most people, that's what retirement means. To step away, rest, don't bother me, don't criticize me. Let others assume the battles and wage the wars. I've done my bit. There's a magnificent Hebrew song about Don Quixote. It goes like this, Don Quixote, you can rest now. Dulcinea has gray hair. And Sancho Pancho is dead. There's so many windmills, you'll never get to them all. Pay your taxes. Plant your garden. Be normal. Don't be a hero. At some point, practically all of us follow this prescription. The people we grew up with who contributed to our relevance are gray or gone. There are too many new windmills to slay, and these are for the new social warriors. At some point, we lay down our sword pay our taxes, plant our garden, and retire. Which is what makes the story of Abraham described in this week's Torah portion so profound and so revolutionary. 
Abraham is an old man. He's 75 years old when God calls him to leave it all and embark on this seemingly quixotic journey of traveling to a new land, a land God never even identifies to Abraham before he departs. Abraham represents a new departure, a new truth, a turning away from the false idols of his generation towards the God of justice. As we read in the Torah, I have selected Abraham to do what is just and right. The new truth that Abraham introduced to the world is that human beings deserve justice. Even the sinful people of Sodom and Gomorrah deserve due process. It is a truth that is evergreen, even 3,000 years later. And herein is a profound lesson. The greatest of us are partly of their times and partly of all times. The geniuses of our species transcended their era. It's not that Leonardo was right on everything. Shakespeare believed in some pretty funky ideas, like the divine right of kings. Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. But his greatness was that he transcended his generation's injustices in some things, or even in one big thing. And that one big, eternal, evergreen truth, previously hidden from everyone else because of him, became self-evident. The story of Abraham introduced in this week's Torah portion should inspire all of us. You can change the world. You can make a difference as long as you have not aged out, as long as you're still willing to fight. Abraham's willingness to embark on a new journey at an advanced age is rightly interpreted as a sign of his faith, but it also symbolizes something else. His willingness to slay new windmills was a form of courage, the courage to stay relevant. Franz Kafka described the courage of Abraham through this passage. He is afraid that after starting out as Abraham, he would change on the way to Don Quixote. He is afraid that the world would laugh itself to death at the sight of him. According to Kafka, Abraham's greatness was in his willingness to overcome the risk of being ridiculed, just some old guy that the world has passed by, tilting at fantastical windows. Keep fighting. As Abraham kept fighting, no matter your age, don't lay down your sword until your time is up. There is courage in the struggle to stay relevant. It is only through your willingness to keep fighting that eternal, evergreen, self-evident truths 
keep marching on.